0: Welcome to the Debit This, Credit That podcast with Wheeler Accountants located in San Jose, California. In this podcast, we discuss how to solve accounting challenges in both your personal life and your business. We take an energetic, tech savvy approach to solving accounting challenges that steal your focus and your time. Now, onto the show with your tech savvy accounting experts, Matt Wheeler and Michael Bryant. Today, we're going to talk about financial statement services offered by Wheeler Accounts. And we're going to talk today with Michael. And Michael has written a white paper on this, which is going to accompany this podcast. And you can get it from their website. I don't know how many people really understand what a financial statement services or what financial ser- statement services do uh, and who does it apply to. So, Michael, can you distill that for us a little bit? Tell us who really needs these services you provide.
1: Absolutely, Matt. Typically, it's going to be businesses that are growing and they are typically owner operated and they've been successful and they're ready to move on to that next level. Maybe they're looking to purchase a building or need some additional financing, a line of credit. They'll go to the bank and request this and the application could be approved, but the uh, banker might come back and ask for financial statements. Um, Another case where a nonprofit that has... uh, income over $2 million, they could also need financial statements. And in the state of California, they're required to have audited financial statements, which we'll discuss later in this
0: podcast. Fantastic. Well, let's break down these services because you do provide multiple level of services when it comes to creation of financial statements. So tell us what you do here.
1: Yeah, absolutely. The the most basic uh, financial statement preparation is what we call it basic financial statement presentation. And that means that you would engage Wheeler to prepare financial statements for the company. And this would typically be done um, for internal use. Um, They can be shared with outside parties, but this, would include a balance sheet, an income statement, uh, a statement of equity and uh, cash flows, and possibly disclosures, um, which are optional. So we could do footnote disclosures, which explains the accounting policies and procedures of the company and goes through the details of uh, the balance sheet.
0: With the basic financial statement preparation, what sort of stuff do I need to provide for you so you can do this?
1: Yes, yeah, so um, we would take just the company information and we would compile based on that information into the financial statements. And so we're not taking any level of assurance, we're not looking at any evidence other than what is in the accounting records and making sure that they're presented in um, conformity with uh, generally accepted accounting principles or a different framework if so selected.
0: After you have this basic financial stuff, what do you do with it? I mean – how do I, as the business owner, use it, or how else do you use it? You just talked about assurance, but we also talked about audit. So let's keep uh, kind of uh, unpacking this, if you don't mind.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So w- the use of the financial statements, lenders, it, it could be acceptable for lender purposes. Um, the business owner can be using it for making management decisions, and it also builds a history of the company's financial. Financial statements.
0: Okay, now that sounds very, very important to me having a history of financial statements, especially if you're going to attempt to get a loan, expand, bring in investors or, or anything like that. So do the investors, or besides a lender, do they look how deeply do they look at these? And, and how do you take that into consideration when you're presenting this stuff?
1: So the financial statements are gonna be prepared under US generally accepted accounting principles or maybe tax basis uh, principles. And so they will be used um, by investors or by the lender um, to compare you to other companies or nonprofits if you are a nonprofit. Um, And so that, that, because they're prepared under the same basic, principles, they can be compared among uh, different companies um, looking at different industries.
0: Now, is that the definition a definition of compilation or how does that wrap into all of this?
1: The compilation report would state that we did not audit or review the financial statements of um, and accordingly, we wouldn't express an opinion about the financial statements. Um, but a compilation report can be good when used with a bank. That way, they know that you are associated with a reputable CPA. Um, and so, typically, compilations are for smaller lines of credit um, and loans with banks.
0: Now, you, I love how you just said a, a reputable, you know, accountant. Do you identify yourself as that reputable accountant in this compilation paperwork?
1: Absolutely. We have a very strong reputation in the Bay Area, and I also perform uh, peer reviews of other um, CPA firms and make sure that they're meeting the, the professional standards as well. So we're, we're definitely considered one of the leaders in financial statement. Um, services.
0: And Michael, we did a podcast on that, right? One of the first podcasts you and I did was talking about how you are one of the people who does the auditing for other firms.
1: Yes, we have discussed that. That that was a great podcast.
0: That was a lot of fun. It was really informative for me. So let's actually talk about a word that I do not fully understand. So let's talk about assurance. What, What does that mean? Yeah, assurance
1: means that we are, at, at we as in Wheeler, is obtaining evidence to support our opinion. So we can have no assurance, which is um, for financial statement preparation and also for compilations. For reviews, we would have a limited Uh, level of assurance and for audit that's when we have to obtain the most assurance to support our opinion and assurance or evidence is supported by third-party confirmations, uh, inquiries and analytics, uh, supporting documentation, so so really verifying the underlying supporting uh, documents for your accounting records.
0: Okay. Wow. So this this is when we're starting to dive deeper and deeper. So where do you go from there? Is there another level?
1: Yeah, so after a compilation the next level up would be a review and reviews are typically used a lot with like construction companies. We just actually uh, received a signed engagement letter from a construction company yesterday that needs a financial statement review and the purpose for their review is to get bonding so they can get larger construction jobs. And so we will be doing inquiries and analytics primarily to support our uh, report for the review.
0: Okay, so how deep do you have to get on this review? I mean, it sounds like you're diving in very deeply. How much work is this for that construction company that you were talking about? And how much of it is just stuff that you guys already know how to do?
1: So we actually have very good templates set up for reviews to make it very streamlined so the business owner is not interrupted and they can be focused on running their business. Um, But there will be questions that we will need to be asking. Um, A a review, again, is primarily supported by inquiries and analytics. So we have analytical procedures that we'll be performing, um, but we won't be requiring a lot of additional evidence beyond that.
0: Gotcha. Okay, that makes a lot more sense. But I have a strong feeling that there's something even deeper than review. (laughs) <laughs>
1: there is and it's called an audit. Oh, see,
0: now that's like a dirty word in some situations, right? But but what you're talking about here is different.
1: Absolutely. People do get scared when they hear the word audit. Um but audit is typically for um companies that have investors or are looking to take the next level, maybe going public in a few years and wanna build up their history of audited financial statements. Or it might be a nonprofit who has reached over the $2 million uh, income in California, that's the requirement of if you have uh, income over $2 million, then you are required to have an audit. And there's also times where boards require an audit and an audit is where we're going to obtain the most assurance, meaning we're going to be looking for audit evidence and third party confirmations and really digging into the details. And it is a lot more work for the uh, business owner or the, um, the nonprofit. And it's a lot more work on our side as well. And typically, we will spend multi uh, days out at the client site doing the testing and looking at the supporting evidence to make sure that we have sufficient audit evidence to support our opinion.
0: You also assess risk, right? And fraud and all of that sort of stuff. I mean, you're you're really diving in deep here. We are
1: definitely diving in deep. So we would look at um, internal controls. Um, So that would be looking at the documentation around accounting policies and procedures. And then we would be doing testing to make sure that the Um, Those policies and procedures are being followed. We also look at fraud risks. So if there's any risks of fraud, maybe a company deals a lot with cash, that would be additional fraud risk that we would be looking into and designing audit procedures to address that risk.
0: How did you learn how to do all of this stuff? I mean, this sounds really involved. It is
1: definitely involved, and I've been doing this since 1998. I started out at uh, Ernst & Young, um, which is one of now the big four. They were the big eight back in 1998. Um, And it's something that I've practiced since 1998, and I really, really enjoy um, doing financial statements, and I have a very strong team that helps support
0: me in doing that. So what else do people need to know? And just kind of uh, summarizing what we've talked about or or have I missed any good questions that I should ask you, uh, where, where do we go next?
1: Yeah, I would definitely direct people back to the white paper on our website. It has a really good chart that kind of compares the basic financial statement presentation preparation to the compilation to the review and the audit and then people can really decide what what financial statement uh, services are really gonna work best for their situation
0: I love I actually have the white paper in front of me Uh, in the service comparison is where I started when I was trying to research all of this stuff to talk to you about this today and it is a really good explanation of how all of this stuff works so if you need financial statement services, or if you think you might, you know, please just go ahead and reach out to Michael and the team, uh, because you know what, it, it's better to be safe than sorry, I'm assuming. Is that correct? Absolutely.
1: And one thing that I didn't touch on is that if you are looking to have a compilation review or um, audit and you're comparing firms, uh, a really good way to know that a firm is committed to quality is asking for a copy of their peer review report. And in that peer review report, you can tell if they have a pass. That means that they've met all the professional standards, which is key.
0: Wait a second. So you're... So you have those on you. So other accountants have taken a look at what you've done? Absolutely. We we get audited every three years
1: as well. Hmm. And so we uh receive a peer review report, which we're glad to say that we've had a pass for each year that we participated in the program.
0: Huh. Hey, one of the other things that popped out at me that I don't think I heard you discuss was the GAAP. What what is that? The gap Yeah, that's Generally
1: Accepted Accounting Principle. I shouldn't have known
0: that, man. I'm sorry. (laughs) No, that's that's okay. (laughs) And so can you explain how that applies to the audit very quickly, just so that we kind of cover that base?
1: Yeah. So uh, GAAP is a framework, and it's so financial statements are comparable. So we have in the United States uh, generally accepted accounting principles. And so that is the framework that we most typically apply to financial statements. There are uh, several other frameworks that we can use. Um, We can use a tax basis framework or a, a cash basis framework. But for the most part, most of our clients are looking for gap based financial statements, which includes all of the accruals um, and follows all of the requirements for under uh, U.S. generally accepted accounting principles.
0: Gotcha. Wonderful. Well, is there anything else that I missed, Michael? No, I think
1: we covered it. Thank you so much today, Matt. Well,
0: thank you very much for your time. And I'm, I'm really, really glad that we had an opportunity to talk a little bit more uh, about financial statement services. And in fact, Michael, I think this opened up some doors for some other podcasts that we need to talk about because yeah. you kind of uncovered Absolutely. a couple of things here that we should dive a little bit deeper. Absolutely, Matt. I'd love to do that. Wonderful. Well, thank you very much. And this was episode nine of Credit This, Debit That, Financial Statement Services Explained with Michael Bryan. Thanks and have a great day.